Look up idiot in the dictionary. You know what you'll find? A picture of me? No! The definition of the word idiot, which you fucking are! Hello, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to I Do Movies Badly, a podcast exploration of my cinematic ignorance. I'm your host, Jim Rohner, and despite being an amateur film critic since 2006, I am woefully ignorant of many films, filmmakers, and genres that consensus has deemed important, and thus I have created this podcast to document my journey into cinematic edification. This month, I'm exploring some films of Harold Lloyd, as recommended by Tyler Smith, and in this week's episode, I'll be talking about Harold Lloyd's 1925 film, The Freshman. A little bit of housekeeping that I want to get out of the way first and foremost, because... Um, If you're anything like me, you probably don't listen all the way to the end of an episode, Um, whether that's because you just don't really care to stick around for the finale, or you get bored, or, you know, the episode isn't interesting. I don't listen all the way to the end, so I I figure uh, if you're anything like me, I'll I'll get this stuff out of the way now. Um, I'm going to be taking a break uh, for the month of March, and now that is not to say this is not a, a break like the last one where I'm quitting I Do Movies Badly because of uh, any various reasons, but basically just March is going to be an incredibly busy month, both, um, well, yeah, I guess both professionally and personally, Um, but personally at the end of the month I am moving, uh, and it is the first time that I'm moving in about almost six years, about five and a half years, and it's, um, it's a lot of work, it's a lot of effort, there's still a whole lot of stuff that I need to get done. I have put gears in motion, so in theory, everything should be in place, but you never know with these sort of things. But basically, there is still a lot to get done with that, Um, and just on a personal note, things have um, uh, been changing a bit quite suddenly recently, Um, mostly kind of uh, professional things which sort of bleed into personal things and vice versa. So March is going to be a very busy month in terms of things that I have to get done and things that I have to work through both um, mentally and physically. So I just figure the best use of my time, um, well, that's not the the right way to put it, but basically in order for kind of me to do any type of quality product, I have to kind of take care of myself first and things that have to get done first. Um, And then once I get settled and the dust clears and all that, um, I'll be back and ready to go in April. So this is not me quitting. This is not me kind of taking a break like I did um, shortly before I quit last time, and which is sort of like, nope, I'm just going to put some things in gears in motion. And then, you know, a month later, like, no, I'm done, people. I promise you I am not done. I'm just taking a break in March because March is going to be a very busy month. And just really, I don't want to half-ass this thing. Um, I enjoy doing this podcast. I enjoy learning and kind of analyzing and breaking things down and engaging. Um, and, uh, you know, bringing this podcast back has, has kind of helped me figure out a little bit and what I want to ultimately do with my life in regards to academic and professional things that I might want to pursue in the future. So this podcast is valuable to me. Um, and all 10 of you people that listen are valuable to me as well. Um, but I don't want to give a half-assed product. I don't want to rush something out. Um, 
Now, that is a little bit ironic considering how short the episodes on Harold Lloyd have been this month. I, I, I realize that. Um, and that. But that has nothing to do with um, me not intellectually putting anything into or effort as much as just um, some limitations that I feel I have myself when it comes to being a film critic and being exposed to these kinds of films. Um, but basically, I don't want to give you something that I don't like or that I don't care about. And um, that would ultimately, I think, be the case if I tried to keep this going through March when there is going to be a whole lot of stuff that I will be doing. Um, and I, and I, I hate to rush things. I hate, I hate it when I have to do a, a weird um, compressed schedule because of I couldn't get things work. I, I, I think I work a lot better when I, when I have a plan and when there's a routine and I'm not going to be able to guarantee that's going to be happening through March. So I think I'm just going to take a break for the month. Um, and then come back ready to go in April. What I will be doing for March instead is um, each uh, each week what I think I'm going to do is just sort of repost for you um, basically a favorite episode of mine. And, and these are going to be specifically episodes in which I talk about uh, certain films or filmmakers with a guest. Um, the guest episodes are always my favorite ones. Um, and based on download numbers, it seems like those are your favorites as well. Um, I love conversing. I love the dialogue. Um, truth be told, I, I, my least favorite episodes are the ones when I, where I am just talking into a microphone by myself, which is a little bit ironic considering that those are most of the episodes. Um, but I, I love the ones where I converse with people where um, I get to share in the passion of, and, and insight and knowledge of someone else. So each, um, each week in March, what I'm going to be doing is just kind of reposting uh, a favorite conversation of mine. And I, I'm considering them the favorites just based on not just the, the conversation with the person and how fun they were to talk to, but also just um, the films and the filmmakers that they talked about were great for me. I, I loved um, discovering these films and engaging with them and just, you know, kind of being able to take what I learned from them and engage with them later on with other people and share and recommend and that sort of thing. So that's what I'm basically sort of um, considering uh, That's are the criteria that go into what, what made them my favorite episodes. And so it is, it's not going to be anything new for you. I apologize for that. But I at least wanted to put something out there because... Maybe you love them as well, and now um, you know they were such a long time ago that they're just buried somewhere in the podcast feed. You don't want to go back and, and scroll through them. And maybe um, you can re-engage with them, relearn something. Or maybe if you are a fairly new listener, this will be a, a first time for you that you can hear about them. But that's what I'm going to basically be doing. And I, I, I haven't yet decided if it's going to be... Uh, am I going to put them out with some new type of introduction, or if I'm just going to be... Um, putting uh, in that way there's something new in your podcast feed or if I'm going to just kind of repost the older ones on the I Do Movies Badly Facebook page but that's what's going to be happening um, there's not going to be any new content in March but there is going to be content to engage with at least I wanted to at least give you that so um Hopefully you're okay with that, <laughs> because really, as I said, I, I can't really, I don't have the capacity to do much else aside from that, um, but hopefully you can get something out of it anyway, um, and once again, I'm, I'm aiming to get back in April, um, not even aiming, I will be getting back to this in April, that is a promise, that is a guarantee, um, but I have to figure out, uh, obviously, as I said, some stuff first, settle some stuff, and then I'll be back in April, so... I do movies badly hiatus only for a month. 
I promise this is not me foreshadowing quitting again. <laughs> this is just me saying, got a lot of balls in the air. Once they're all settled, I'll be back. Uh, same bat time, same bat channel. So um, with that, let's get into talking about The Freshman, the final film uh, of Harold Lloyd. Um, and it's funny, and this is a lot of stuff I'm going to say about this is just stuff that I've been talking about with Safety Last and with Girl Shy. Um, a Harold Lloyd film certainly is a, a specific type of film, or at least these three that I've, that, you know, these three Harold Lloyd films are all basically kind of the same template for um, either failure or success. And it just so happens that when it comes to Harold Lloyd in these films, they are templates for success. Um, one new original thing is I was quite amused to find out that um, the thing that we all complain about with romantic comedies these days in which... Uh, 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 the actors that play um, a certain age group seem way too old to play that age group, such as 20-somethings playing um, high school students or 30-somethings playing college students. It's, it's amusing to me to see that that has been um, uh, apparently something Hollywood has been doing for generations um, because you do have Harold Lloyd playing um, the, the 31-year-old Harold Lloyd playing the college freshman Harold Lamb in The Freshman, which I found quite hilarious. He does not seem to um, fit there at all, and yet that is, uh, that is quite hilarious to me, that this is not something that has been um, a new invention of, uh, of Hollywood, but this is something that has been going on for, uh, for decades. And really, um, if you've been watching these along with me, then you are going to either, uh, you're going to love this film or you're going to dislike this film based entirely on what your reaction was to Girl Shine, what your reaction was to Safety Last. They are not the same film, but the bones, uh, you know, they pretty much have the same skeletons to them and just the the, the flesh is a bit different. But um, there, there, there are com uh, common archetypes and elements that, that made those films so successful that make this film so successful. And it all starts out, once again, with this idea of a male protagonist who is unhappy with who he is and who strives to be someone else. And that's not just in the case of, um, you know, well, you know, here here's a, a writer who wants to be a successful novelist or um, a, 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 a banker who hopes to be a CEO or something like that. It's, it's more this man has the picture of what it is to be a man, whether it's uh, just kind of a concept or whether it's um, quite a literal picture as as uh, as Harold does. He has he has the college cad. Um, I believe his name is Chet or something like that. Uh, I'm I'm, f I'm forgetting what his name is, but he's got a real douchey college bro name even back in 1925. Um, he has this picture, physical picture of who he imagines to be the most admired, the most popular type of college student. Um, in, in, in Girl Shy, it was a bit more of a concept. He wanted to be the successful um, novelist who was writing um, advice books about how to pick up women. And then in Safety Last, it was, you know, he wanted to be rich. He wanted to be a successful businessman. It all kind of starts with this guy who is uncomfortable with himself, who is unsure of himself, and who strives to be not just a better version of himself, but who strives to be an entirely different person than who he is. And it's this journey of finding out what makes him him and, and achieving something which makes him respect and love himself, and also which... Um, uh, 
also garners the the love of a partner as well, and it's sort of this symbiotic relationship that you know, um, it, it's it's this this woman's love for him which helps fill him up and kind of realize who he can be, and by realizing who he can be, um, also causes that woman to fall a little bit in love with him as well. I, I mean, my my one my complaint is that I'd say. And I mentioned this in the safety last episode. In Girl Shy, the the uh, woman character was more fleshed out. Was we we knew what she wanted and what was at stake um, for her, both in the relationship and in um, the the narrative development as well. And, and in this one, um, we don't have that as much. You know, we have Peggy, who is once again played by, and I, I'm apologize if I'm going to mispronounce her name, um, Jobina Ralston, who was also the girl uh, uh, from. The, the, the romantic lead from Girl Shy as well. She comes back, and they, they have a, a wonderful little chemistry together. Been, and we know that she is also like him, you know, doesn't have a whole lot of money, and she is probably not as, as well respected. Um, you know, she works at, behind a, a counter. She It seems like she sells things to people, and she has to take everyone's coats when they have the big fall frolic at the end. Um, but we, we, we don't really know much about her. We don't really know what she wants other than she wants to be with Harold and Harold wants to be with her. We get a really good sense of who Harold is and what he wants out of this whole thing. But she is sort of um, a, a one-dimensional character, which um, was a shame because in Girl Shy, which came earlier than this, he did, Harold Lloyd did such a, a, a much better job in fleshing out who that person was and, and, and what it meant um, not just for her to succeed, but also what what it meant for the two of them to succeed together, basically. Um, and 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 all of it. There, there's also at the at the heart of all of these movies is this idea of uh, accomplishment and achievement through um, fi- financial success, basically. Um, you know, he once again in Girl Shy wants to be a famous novelist in. Um, Safety last, he he wants to be the successful businessman, but is still very poor and is, and is maintaining the illusion that he is quite successful and a leader of men. And in this one, um, there, there's this, in the early scene, they don't hit upon it too much, but in the early scene, it's just kind of this idea of how, how expensive college is and how much he has saved up to go to it because of, you know, because of something that he wants to achieve. And, and at the heart of all these movies, whether it's a very specific blatant recurring theme or whether it's something that is just sort of mentioned is that the undercurrent the subtext there is this idea of finding value and 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 i don't say this in a good way but there is this this misbelief or this illusion that um of, of finding value through financial success and how much money is is placed on uh uh how much money is given um um significance and importance um and Thankfully, all these films uh, eventually kind of the the arc of that is realizing that is not what is most important, and and achieving that is not what's ultimately going to be um, the thing that makes people happy. Certainly, in Girl Shy, he he becomes quite wealthy at the end with the the, the uh, advancement on his book, um, and in Safety Last, it, it's you know uh, there, there's well there is financial achievement as well. Uh, you know, just based on the the publicity stunt that he that he pulls off by climbing the building. But in this one, it's it's more. Um, there is no money really involved because he's a college student. But there is this idea of of an acceptance that he finds within himself because of um, well, not because of what other people think of him, but because he was able to achieve 
what he wanted to achieve. You know, he comes to college and is sort of like he gives off this impression of the kind of person he wants to be. You know, he does this little jig before he extends his hand and meets people. And he stole that jig from a movie, the college hero that he, you know, he saw and wanted to emulate. The irony being, two years after this movie release, would be released, a real movie called The College Hero would be released. Um, I don't know anything about that. I, that movie, I just thought it was quite funny. Um, but he imitates the person in that movie when he meets people. He gives off this this impression of this is the kind of person that who he is. And he's not that kind of person. Um, and sure, he, he's not, you know, he's not necessarily a jock. He's not a football player. Um, but his ability, what, what his, you know, yeah, his ability to um, succeed at that is not because he's a jock, but because he finally is sort of like, I'm going to do things my way. I'm going to be me. Um, which comes after, of course, there's this huge falling out, in which it's it sort of revealed that people are or revealed to him, we've known this the entire time, but that, that he is not popular, that people don't love Speedy, that people love making fun of Speedy, that Speedy is the butt of everyone's jokes instead of just uh, being this popular guy that everybody loves. You know, it's kind of set up at the beginning when he's inadvertently um, brought before the basically the entire school um, during that assembly that the dean calls, and everyone sees how buffoonish he is, and he's falling, and he's spilling his stuff everywhere, and there's the cat that's in his sweater, and he's trying to project this image of who he is, and people just find him to be the buffoon, the boob, you know, of course, um, and people don't like him. People just like him around because, it, you know, they, they feel better about themselves because they find him to be hilarious. And it's not they're, they're not laughing with him. They're laughing at him. And um, it's after the realization of this, you know, the 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 the, the I don't the structure wasn't uh, as refined at this point, but sort of after the, the end of act two in which he realizes he really has no real friends and he's not the kind of person that he. Um, thought he would be, and he gets no joy from that. You know, it's sort of what his his journey back up to achievement is is being comfortable with himself and and being who he is and doing what he wants to do, and it's wonderful that that embracing of that you know results in winning the big game and winning respect. Um, but ultimately, what he finds achievement in, uh, what he finds fulfillment and success in, is uh, that relationship with Peggy. Um, the very last shot of the film is not him celebrating with the team, though there is certainly some of that. The very last shot, no, is him getting drenched in the shower because he's leaning on the wall and just doesn't seem to care that he's getting soaked from the shower um, because he has this note from Peggy that says that she's so proud and that she loves him. And the final shot is him on his own, happy, smiling, being appreciative and 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 content with where he is it's not him with other people it's not him with the dean it's not him with the jocks it's not him with these other women that were trying to dance with him earlier it's him on his own with the recognition that he has achieved the love of this woman that he loves now is it a bit too soon for them to be exchanging the love word Sure, but whatever. Suspension of disbelief, this is a movie. Um, it, it's more that sense of that power of that individual shot of just him there not having a care in the world because he's just happy with who he is and happy with um, what he has achieved from embracing and being who he is. It's really quite wonderful. Um, 
And this, of course, all comes about after the, what I think is in these three movies, the the best bit of physical comedy that Harold Lloyd has um, uh, shown to us in these movies, which I, is might be a bold declaration because we had that thrilling car chase at the end of Girl Shy and then the building scaling at the end of Safety Last. Um, but I think that they're, they're a little bit different. The the car chase at the end of Girl Shy was a thrilling bit of of, of well, of a car chase, basically. It was well, it was amazingly well choreographed. It was complicated. Um, and, you know, sure, the, the Harold was asked to do some physical bits. There was, of course, real danger of him falling off of that trolley car. Um, but uh, but that was more, that was more kind of um, uh, exciting. And, 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 and it didn't, it wasn't devoid of laughs, but the, the, the main focus of that sequence was not to make you laugh but to make you excited to kind of get you on the edge of your seat to kind of put the stakes in your mind as to what you know to uh, not not I mean you didn't need to be reminded but basically um to get you enthralled and just reminding you of what was at stake at the end of that car chase and what lengths he would go to to get to that chapel, to break up that wedding, to admit his love to that woman. So that I think with that sequence was more concerned with uh, excitement and tension. And, of course, as we discussed last week and as I posted on the Facebook page, um, he didn't really scale the building in safety last, which is not to downplay that achievement, but I think that sequence instead was once again tense and the edge of your seat, but specifically creating that tension or, or kind of utilizing the magic of movie making, um, using sets and um, specific camera blocking and angles to create the illusion that he was scaling that wall, not to not to to you know undermine anything once again but just that was more concerned with um showing off the capabilities of cinema of the magic of movie making and what it can do that one was to get you once again your your palm sweating on the edge of your seat and just kind of make you wonder how in the world is this happening did harold lloyd really climb this building i'm i'm saying of course you as (laughs) so you were a viewer in the 1920s not you now who knows fully well what you know how this was done um but that was more kind of trying to draw you into the fantastic feats of Hollywood movies and, and how um, this was a different and perhaps better experience than the theater or reading a novel or, God forbid, talking to the person next to you. That was about um, getting you excited and engaged with cinema. Now, the dance sequence, the fall frolic in The Freshman, I think was intended to make you laugh, to make you howl, to kind of make you appreciate um, the choreography of everything, but also the heightening, or, or not even heightening, but just continuously enthralling you and keeping you engaged with this comedy of errors that happens as piece by piece this man's suit for the dance falls apart where it tears and the arm comes off and the back tears and then the legs come off and the suspenders pop off and just this whole thing of like um kind of once it is also like with the the building climb kind of showing you how the language of cinema could get you engaged with the sequence but also just i have to imagine how practice that entire thing was how you know, not just learning to dance, but also learning how to, to navigate the dance going from one uh, one positioning 
um, you know, to the next and how like, okay, so, you know, we're going to start on, let's say to the right of the camera, we're going to dance here. Then my, my arm sleeve is going to tear. Then you have to turn your back and then I have to notice it. And then I have to continue to distract and just, and just how intricate that whole sequencing is to play out as it did. And then you have the added element of like, then he has to pretend, uh, you know, with his dance partner, that everything is fine. Well, meanwhile, he's sticking his leg behind the curtain, and he's getting, and that's getting sewn up by the the, the tailor who is uh, susceptible to spells of dizziness and fainting. Um, it's it's such a elaborate comedic um, set piece that's so impressive to me. It's the best bit of physical comedy, not in the sense of of him slipping and falling and getting hurt, like that sort of physical comedy, but in the sense of how much movement and consideration there is not just for Harold himself as the actor, but for his dance partner and the the tailor and the other people involved in the scene. There's a lot of moving and physicality and moving parts that have to be taken into effect and all have to work quite seamlessly and perfectly for that scene to be as funny as it is. And it is quite funny. It is a wonderful comedic sequence. Um, but the, once again, the car chasing girl shy was exciting, and the building scaling and safety last was exciting. And this is not necessarily meant to excite you, but it's meant to get you engaged and to also sort of um, make it more of a somewhat tragic point when at the end of this whole sequence, the people reveal, like, you want to know what everybody really thinks about you? Everyone thinks you're a boob. Everyone thinks that you're a buffoon. And while we sympathize with Harold, we certainly do. We feel so bad for Harold because he's such a genuine, well, I don't know, he kept pretending or, or kept wanting to be a person. But emotionally, he's a very genuine person. You know, he, he volunteers to be the tackle dummy for the football team. Um, and he's, he's very sweet to Peggy working behind the counter. You know, he is, he, he might be, he might project falseness, but he is not malicious. And he does seem to care about people. And so that, that, that adds to this element of like, when we see him putzing around this dance floor and his suit falling apart and him just trying to compensate for this thing happening with something else and then overcompensate and all this kind of stuff. It, 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 it sort of builds up to this tragedy when at the end of that sequence it's, hey, do you know what we all think of you? We all think that you're a buffoon. And we can't deny that because we've just seen it. He's not a, a smooth character by any way, shape, or form. But we feel so bad that that's the main takeaway from people, that that's why they find... Um, entertainment in him is to laugh at him versus be respectful of him or, or admire. Holy shit, I couldn't, you know, I, I I can't even dance that well when all my clothes are, are, are staying together, which isn't to say that I have a problem with my clothes falling off or falling apart as I'm dancing, but, um, man, to to, to have the, the gumption to kind of put put himself out there and to keep going with despite all the all these things happening to him is 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 fantastic. And, and the fact that their big takeaway at the end is um, we are we are finding your buffoonery to be we're condescending to you instead of finding it to be endearing as we the audience are it's it's tragic and it's heartbreaking um, but of course in the end we're all having the last laugh or at least Harold is having the last laugh because 
he is the college hero. He is the person that he set out to be. But it's not because he was speedy. It's because he was Harold. Um, now, of course, he is quite speedy in, in running that final touchdown back. But um, I don't think it, it's an embracing of, of, of being someone else which makes him ultimately successful. It's um, him following the advice of, uh, of Peggy and just kind of being the kind of person that he is and always should have been from the beginning. He shouldn't be emulating the part of the college hero. He should just be Harold. But at the same time, that's why this film has universal resonance and relevance because here in 2019 or, you know, whenever you were a college freshman, think back on that. Um, I was a college freshman in 2002, and I can remember going into college and kind of thinking like this is going to be my chance to reinvent myself i'm not going to go to college to to be more of myself or to learn what it is to be jim i'm going to go to college to be a different person because no one here knows who i am which isn't entirely true i i <laughs> including myself there were nine kids from my graduating high school class that went to the college i went to so that's it's it's a bit of a fib to say no one knew who I was there but but spiritually and conceptually you understand what i'm saying this is a new town it's a new campus it's a, a time to start over and i told myself i was going to start over i was going to reinvent who i was um specifically and shamefully i could say um that when it came to members of the opposite sex i was going to be the badass, you know, the one that just doesn't care with the devil-may-care attitude that all women seem to love. Now, spoilers, none of that happened. I did not reinvent myself. I was not a new person. Instead, my college journey was very much um, an extension of my high school journey, which is really just figuring out who I am, who I was, becoming more of myself versus becoming a different self. So, but it's that idea that this this what Harold uh, Harold Lamb was going through this idea of like I you know I'm going to be this kind of person this is what I'm going to strive to be this is who people admire and respect and want um, this is what I want for myself because that's what's going to make me popular that's what's going to get me accepted shit that's all of us can relate to that can't we and and, and I, I'm seeing that as as sort of the ultimate, uh, the secret of, of Harold Lloyd's success and what made his movie so resonant and what made them, you know, people being, uh, a, a, you know, possibly why he made more money than Charlie Chaplin and Buster Keaton's because, um, sure, there was the, the idea of the movie magic and, and here's cinematic language and here's what we can do with this idea of, of, um, of movie magic and of camera blocking and of set construction and of car chases and of dance sequences and of football games. That, that's all there. But if you don't have a story, if you don't have a heart at the beginning of it, then it just sort of becomes a series of sequences. It just sort of becomes um, not gimmicks per se, but then it just sort of becomes uh, newsreels. And I don't mean specifically newsreels, but, you know, it just sort of becomes this thing of, of I don't know, there, there's an element of emotional engagement and involvement with this story. You know, we, 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 we don't just feel bad for Harold, we relate to Harold. You know, I, I couldn't necessarily relate to the tramp, 
but I certainly appreciated and respected the hell out of what Charlie Chaplin was doing with Modern Times and with uh, The Kid and these other stories. Um, I won't know what it's like to have a house fall on me and to be positioned in such a way where I the, the window falls around me and I don't get hurt. But I can certainly respect and, 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 and um, really admire what Buster Keaton was doing with that sequence. Now, I'm not going... I, I don't know what it's like to win the big game. Um, but I certainly do know what it's like to feel the, the kind of the sting of, of the rejection of people that I wanted to, to accept me, even though even if I wanted them to accept me for the wrong reasons. That's, that's, a, that's a human emotion. That is a, a universal truth I think we can all relate to. And I, and I, that, that allowed me to connect with this film, to feel this film. And that's what's going to allow me to remember these films and recommend these films later on down the road. Don't have too much else to say about uh, The Freshman other than if you want to watch or rewatch it, it is easy enough to do. It is free to stream on Canopy if you have a subscription to that. Otherwise, like the rest of us, um, you're going to have to rent or purchase it on Amazon. Um, I... No, I don't think this one is in the Criterion Collection. The Safety Last was in the Criterion Collection. And I, and I didn't realize that until I was posting stuff for it. So I should probably remember um, to look up whatever the essay on Criterion might be so I can post it on uh, the Facebook page. Because I always enjoy reading those. But that's how you can um, watch and or re-watch The Freshman if you want. Well, I hope you enjoyed the film. I hope you enjoyed uh, this month. I know I certainly did. Um... I do recall that as I was recording the episodes for both Girl Shot and Safety Last, I kind of described them as delightful and not really the kind that I would go back and rewatch and revisit. I am not sure that's the case. The, as time has gone by, I've kind of been able to appreciate them a lot more. Um, and uh, I, I can certainly appreciate and, and, and recognize the importance of these films, the importance of Harold Lloyd, and where they sort of fit in in the conversation of cinema that that demands to be discovered and explored and shared um in 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 context basically so that does it for the freshman and that does it for this month if you have any comments or questions feel free to reach out to me at you do movies badly at gmail.com you can tweet at me at Nolan Fixes Teeth. You can catch up on back episodes of I Do Movies Badly either on iTunes or pretty much wherever you can get your uh, your podcast, uh, your favorite podcast app, if you will. Um, but most importantly, or not most importantly, but most relevantly, I would encourage you to go to battleshipretention.com. Find I Do, I Do Movies Badly on the podcast drop-down menu um, and look at uh, episodes there because that's where you can also chime in on the comments field. So... Uh, that does it for Harold Lloyd. That does it for February as a reminder, um, in case you had forgotten in this um, epically long podcast episode, uh, taking uh, the month of March off. But um, do keep an eye out for whether it's the um, podcast feed or the I Do Movies Badly Facebook page in which I will be, one way or the other, or maybe both, I will be posting um, or reposting some of my favorite conversations with people um, over the, the tenure of this podcast um, just so that you guys have something because I, as I said, I, I, I am taking the month off but I will be back in April, I promise so keep an eye out on uh, the I Do Movies Badly Facebook page or maybe even my Twitter um, when it gets closer to the end of the month so that you can see who I've got lined up for April and what the topic of conversation will be so um, 
Thank you for listening, everyone. As always, um, I, I say, be ter, uh, be ter. It's not a word. Be sure to uh, to tune in next week, where well, I'll be revisiting some of my old favorites, and uh, where you can decide um, if hopefully I have I am now a little bit less ignorant. This program is a proud member of the Battleship Pretension Fleet.